Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Lackadar Podcast. So, today I have two guests joining me. I have Evan Sheridan and Jackson Carney. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hello. And would you like to share a little bit about yourselves before we jump on into this? Uh, I'm Jackson. I met Ben a couple of years ago. Pretty much just, I mean, been amazed through everything I've seen about him. Solid guy. Glad I'm his friend. Thank you, Man, Jackson. what a what a glowing endearment of Ben in that introduction of Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Evan. Uh, I'm the youth pastor slash associate pastor of New Hope Baptist Church. Been here for four years. Known Ben for four years. Uh, I will second what Jackson has said about Benjamin's character. Um, I've been in student ministry for eight years now. Uh, actually, nine years. Scratch that. Almost ten years. Next year will be ten years. And uh, recently got married, got a baby on the way, and we're here to talk about not those things. So, all right. All right. Thanks, guys. And I'm glad that I have both of you in my life. Y'all are great examples to me. And before we get too deep into this, we'll go ahead and say an opening prayer. So, dear Lord, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for these listeners and for Evan and Jackson joining me today. And I thank you for giving me yet another opportunity to share your word. And I just ask that you would please help us as we're going to be discussing what biblical manhood is, God, that we could discuss it in a way that would honor you. And as we're reading the scripture, God, that we could just be able to pick what you want out of it, God, and share it with these people and help the listeners that they would be attentive, God, and could get something out of this that would further their walk with you. In the senior name I pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be reading out of Ephesians five, twenty-two through 33. And if either of y'all would like to read that, you're more than welcome to. But if not, I'll go ahead and read it. Yeah, you got it. <coughs> you got it. Okay. <clears throat> so starting in Ephesians five twenty-two, it says, Wife, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or in any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, right now, I would go ahead and ask whichever one of you would like to start first. What is your main idea of being a biblical man? As the only one who is married out of the three of us. Mm. 
<coughs> well, uh, first, okay, so let me back a little bit. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if we said thank you or not yet, but thank, thank you. you we do appreciate joining it. us. Yeah. We'll see if you're still appreciative at the end of this. <laughs> um, so one of the, one of the things that really stands out regarding, you know, this passage of scripture and kind of what we see as God's design for, for biblical manhood on the whole is that, uh, to quote my wife, you know, you don't have to be married to be a biblical man. Mm. Um, which, you know, if you only take this scripture to say this is what defines biblical manhood, then you kind of, you know, um, well, basically what it would be is you two guys are not capable of being biblical men because you're not married. Mm-hmm. So biblical manhood, we have to, you know, set a defining parameter to it, and that is right. any man who is in Christ desiring to lead a godly life in Jesus Christ. And they can be single, they can be married, they can be uh, married with children, married without children, they can be uh, you know widowed, they can be you know found in all any of the different phases of life and still right. be considered a biblical man. And so but coming out of this passage though one of the, the biggest takeaways that I kind of saw was the fact that the biblical man loves his family as Jesus loves the church. Right. And we could we could spend all day on what all that entails, but basically what we see is a leadership or a headship that is sacrificial in the mm-hmm. way that it loves their family, in the right. way that he loves their family, the same way Jesus was... Uh, sacrificed on our behalf out of mm-hmm. his love for the church. You know, it's the same way with husbands who love their wives today. Yeah. Right. Jackson, what are your Thank thoughts? You. So, um, coming from a unmarried standpoint, I would say that definitely um, you can be a biblical man without being married. Like, you yeah. know, just kind of what Evan just said. But it takes a different form in some ways in other ways it doesn't like for example uh where evan might be leading his wife and like he might be trying to lead her to christ and that's what he should do he should keep her accountable Mm -hmm. as somebody who's single or am i i have a girlfriend i should be trying to disciple her and keep her accountable but also above all else i need to make sure my relationship with jesus christ stays just as strong so I mean, there's all there's different uh, points and there's different ways that you can be a biblical man through every phase of life you're in. Yeah. Just I mean, just what Evan said, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. So I agree with both of you on that. And as a single sixteen year old male, I find in my season of life right now one of the biggest ways I can be a man of God is by getting in the Word and mm. and, and strengthening my relationship with Him. But also something that really since seventh grade, when I'm sure you remember it, Evan, when we did Beautiful Design mm-hmm. by Matt Chandler. Oh, yeah. That really started my focus on manhood more. And I've kind of, I'm not trying to brag on myself in any way because it's not me, it's God working through me. But I've took it upon myself to try to like hold doors for the ladies at our school, even like the teenage, like the student ladies and the all faculty and just try to be in any form of service that I can. Yeah. But, um, of course. Yeah. 
So, I actually had in my mind a Matt Chandler quote hmm. for uh, this episode of the podcast. I think I know what it is. It's the, uh, well, I'm not going to quote it directly, so don't be disappointed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's where he talks about, you know, single men image headship mm-hmm. or, you know, the leadership of biblical manhood by, you know, deferring to their sisters in Christ as valuable sisters in Christ mm-hmm. by, uh, loving them and protecting them as a fellow believer in Christ. Mm-hmm. And they, they do so with borrowed headship, right? Right. Because like the, the relationship that I have to my wife is different to the relationship that Jackson has with Emily oh. or with his with his girlfriend, <laughs> with his girlfriend who's to be unnamed. Whose name may or may not be Emily. <laughs> yeah, she. We don't know what her name is. We haven't ever seen her before. But uh, <laughs> oh. uh, anyways, it's it's different though, because you know Definitely. in in marriage, you know we're bonded together. It's till death do us part. You know. Um, and there's a there's a spiritual connection that that God puts there, and not only the spiritual, but we can also talk about a physical connection as well that God puts there that mm-hmm. literally binds us together. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, with a young male Christian, uh, we won't say any names, but with a young male Christian, you know, who's dating someone, um, he does so with borrowed headship, you know, knowing mm-hmm. that he's not married to the girl. And he could be one day, you know, but he might not be, and he's got to treat her as such. So it's very, it's a very thin line that we kind of see, and I'm, I might be getting off on a tangent here, but uh, Ben, how long do you want the episode to last? Again? However long it lasts. Okay, good. We're gonna be a while. <laughs> um, A temptation for our young men and even Christians in our world today is, you know, you run the risk of getting a girlfriend who then becomes a serious uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's a temptation to treat her as though you're already married to her right. when you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, there were there were boundaries on mine and, and my wife's relationship before we were married, even while we were engaged, you know, because, mm-hmm. because right up until the moment that we say I do, she was not my wife. Mm-hmm. And there were things that I could not put over her, uh, things we could not do together in a way that was respecting and reverential to her as my fellow sister in Christ. Things that mm-hmm. are only permissible by, you know, being married. Mm-hmm. And so biblical manhood whether you're, uh, you know, if you're a single male, looks like respect to your fellow sisters in Christ. Yeah. That is not the Matt Chandler quote I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that's great. The Matt Chandler quote I was talking about was that men need to be men rather than boys who shave. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, the one, that's the one I was thinking. I remember so, that quote, yeah. too. But that's not the one I was thinking of. So, that's the one I was thinking of. So that was such a good Bible study. That was a really good Bible study. But both of those quotes are true. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I have friends at school, or a friend in particular that I that comes to mind that 
You know, he says, I'm a man. If you ask him, he says, I'm a man. But when you see him, the way he acts, and he might act like a man in today's society, but mm-hmm. I would go so far as to say this. You're not, if you're not being a biblical man, then you might not even be a man at all. No, yeah, I, would, mm. I would agree with mm, you on that's that. That's good. And the world's view of man and the and God's view of man have become two completely different things mm. now. That's true. Yeah. Would it be would it be worth uh discussing the, the differences between a biblical man and then a worldly man? Let's go. All right. Let's do it. Jackson, you're up first. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I would say one of the biggest differences that I can see between a man, a godly man, as that I see as a role model, compared to a worldly man that obviously I don't necessarily see as a role model, would be uh, how they treat girls. Which yeah. I mean, I know that's we kind of yeah. chirped on that for just a little bit, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, I have I see people all the time, and they treat girls just like they're. I mean, you know, that's a girl. Oh. And then you have a man like uh, our friend Mitchell or yeah. Evan that you can just tell that they treat their wives and they treat everybody they encounter with another level of respect. Definitely. That you just don't get from a worldly man. Yeah. You have to have that uh, secondary, well, not secondary, it should be primary. You have to have that primary instinct in your life that makes the godly man show in you. Yeah, mm. yeah definitely, definitely. Evan, would you like to follow yeah, that up? Or? You know, I would I would uh, add to that too. Um, what makes, one of the things that make the difference between a, a godly man and a worldly man is, you know, their priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. what are, what are you chasing after? What are you putting first in your, your long list of priorities that you have? Mm-hmm. You know, and one of those key priorities between the, the worldly man and the godly man is prayer. Yeah. You know, like, worldly men do not pray. Mm. And when I say prayer, I mean genuine, heartfelt, sincere prayer to God. Yeah. A worldly man can go through a ritualistic prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, a worldly yeah. man can... Recite a few words they learned as a as a child at the uh, at the the uh, table. This was turned all the way down. It's still a thing. Um, Please stop, tell us how Yeah, <laughs> it is. I promise. Um, but there's a distinct difference between someone whose life is saturated in prayer yeah. and then someone whose life is just saturated in chasing after worldly things. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I would say that it is prayer that God uses to change us, you know, in addition to his word, in addition to the relationships Mm -hmm. that we have, God uses prayer to change us from within, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can tell when someone is distinctly marked with a prayer life by the way they act and by the way they treat people and by the way they respect others and love their wives and their families and so on and so forth. Now, I've got to go ahead and include it in this and this might start treading on that line but i've said it in all of them so i gotta go ahead and continue in this one we're not trying to be hateful judgmental or intolerant but there definitely is a growing apathy as well Mm. in manhood i mean 
speaking from an imperfect perspective on all three of our parts, of course, but I feel like there is, I mean, you look at the men in the Bible and they were not perfect by any means, but one of the things you don't see that much is a spirit of apathy. And if you don't know what apathy means, that's just a lack of care mm. towards something. But and if y'all have anything y'all want to add about that, that would be. Yeah, I mean, I see guys all the time. You know, I play on the baseball team with guys that, I mean, they might care about stuff, but, you know, the stuff that they care about is not. Yeah. And then it's not important. Yeah. Like, they might care about getting big. Mm-hmm. They care about what girl they can talk to today, what yeah. girl they're going to talk to tomorrow, what they're going to be doing tonight to check out a girl. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they don't care about mm-hmm. what's really important, which, I mean, that right. might – obviously, that needs to be God. Right. That needs to be your prayer life, and that needs to be some kind of uh, time in the Word. Mm-hmm. But then – I mean, even, I mean, I would, uh, not lower than this, but care about their family. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not saying these guys don't care about their yeah, family. I, I but you can tell yeah. that, I mean, they would probably rather do a yeah. ton of other things that are not very good yeah. than spend time with their family. Yeah. So. so. I think yeah, it was yesterday. I was listening to, it's the first part of a, I think it's either, I think it's five sessions with Greg Groeschel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's called Fight, and it's about being a biblical man. And he was talking to—I mean, there was no ladies there, but it was like a broadcast. He was talking to the ladies, and ladies, thank you for tuning in, by the way. And don't turn out because this is about manhood. But he was saying that, and I don't—I'm not accusing any female listener of this, but. I'd like to get y'all's takes on it, so I'm going to go ahead and spit it out and quit talking about it. <laughs> but um, he was saying that women tend to, I don't know if this is a word, but womanify their husbands. That's not what he said. I'm putting it in my language to kind of sum that up. And <laughs> so, I mean, I can see that in a lot of situations that they don't really want, like, the biblical man anymore, mm. you know, and... What are y'all's thoughts upon that? I'd like to hear that. Let me call my wife and ask her if it's okay if I share my opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's crazy, though, is stuff like that, even with people and their girlfriends that I know today act like that. Yeah. With girls that they have been talking to for weeks, maybe. Yeah. It's, I don't know, she might not let me. I got to <laughs> drop this class because so-and-so, and she made me. That's just so crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially in the realm of the unmarried. Exactly. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, definitely. Like, I don't think you should... Like, I know you made a joke there, but it does <laughs> say... I'm trying to find it. It says husbands love your wives. We're not saying, like, no, you cannot tell me <laughs> You know what I mean? But, That's right. And there's such a weird balance between, like, loving your wife and respecting your wife. Yeah. And then you wanting to do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like... You know, yesterday, so I had some, I had, I had free time yesterday because I didn't have to teach last night. Yeah. So I played a video game and <laughs> I know, right? Oh. And so, you know, my wife walks in the office and, you know, she's been, 
not feeling well, but she goes, are you playing a video game? And she wasn't being judgmental, right. but I took it like, man, is she judging me right now? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just started, even though I've been playing for like an hour at that point. But, <laughs> you know, um, it's just such a weird line between, you know, how do you, how you love your wife as a biblical man. Of course, you, you pray for her and you, right. you listen to her when she speaks and you consider her opinions as valuable. Which is important because you you need to be able to respect your wife's opinion enough to be able to say, you know, I want to hear your opinion. But at the same time, she's also got to understand that you're the head of the household. And if you have a differing opinion, you know, and and so long as you're not trying to kill anybody or do something other immoral action, you know, God's vote is with you. You I I had a pastor one time who said, um, actually, this was... Secondhand, I'm getting this from a friend of a friend, but the guy told a couple in counseling who is premarital counseling, he said, you've got to understand something. He said this to the wife. He said, your husband has two votes and you have one. And your opinion is, is valued and it should be valued, but your husband ultimately has the authority to say what needs to happen for the family. And there, there are some, of course, there's, there's some gray areas with that. You know, you can get into what is sinful, what is not sinful. Right. Is the husband being a, a, a Hitler right. over his family? You know, we can look at situations like that. But in the right ideal context where a man is pursuing Christ and loving his family and spending time in prayer and spending time in the Word, he has the authority to make the right decisions or what he mm-hmm. feels to be the right decisions for his family, yeah. even when his wife disagrees, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's part of why being a biblical man is hard because it means owning responsibility and weight and pressure that most worldly men do not want to own. Right. And another thing, I mean, it, it does say, this might not be the passage, but it worked. it's in one of the Timothys. You might know, this is First Timothy 3, where it's talking about the qualifications for overseers. And it talks mm-hmm. about, Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. So right there, it clarifies that as that, an overseer and pastor, very similar. Is that what I'm mm-hmm. kind of understanding? Yeah. So when I say this, and of course, as right here, we see that God did not call women to be senior pastors. But I feel like that we've seen a lot more, not that there's anything wrong with this, except if they are the senior pastor women leadership is because there's no men to step up and do it anymore. No biblical men that are going to step up and do it anymore. Does anybody have anything? So kind of hitting on that and hitting on why it's harder to be a biblical man these days is because I think, and I mean, I might scratch some lines here with some stuff, but uh, it's okay. So the role models that a lot of people have nowadays are not, I mean, they're not biblical men. Yeah. Mm. And mm. I like, actually, this might be kind of out of context and stuff. I was watching a video about the Black Lives Matter movement today. It was a guy who was talking about how he didn't support it. He was a Christian guy. Mm-hmm. talking about how one of their main points is to take away the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of crime actually happens whenever people don't have... A role model to look up to. Right. Mm. So, I mean, you have that, and then you have the side that if you don't have a Christian, a godly man role model to look up to, mm-hmm. then 
how are you supposed to know right to how you're supposed to act as a godly man or a mm-hmm. biblical man and also i mean there are some situations where there is an absentee father but i i know of pretty much every deacon and i know evan and if it's the lord's will with our new pastor that we might get they are all excellent men of faith and great role models and even if you don't go to new hope i'm sure that your church has those men there for you and Evan, do you have anything you'd like to add to the discussion? Of <coughs> well, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have a like a biblical man to look up to because my dad, I mean, he is a biblical man. Right. I, I would say that he is an example of biblical manlyhood. But you know, there's certain times in a teenager's life that. Uh, <laughs> They are kind of like, oh, I hate you, mom and dad. Not yeah. that I hated my parents. Right. But, you know, yeah. I, I would rather do other things yeah. than hang out with them. Yeah, I understand what and you're saying. Yeah, I also, with some uh, <laughs> family relationships, I think that it might be harder to go to your parents with some things. Right, yeah. And in that case, I had another person that I looked up to highly, Mitchell, yeah. that I could look up to as a uh, biblical man or a, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that, honestly, it really turned my life around mm-hmm. because, I mean, I was probably in a point where I wasn't so, you know, doing too great. Yeah. And then it just takes that one role model that can really just help you. That role model, I mean, secondary to God, of course, because... Mm-hmm. Right. Without God, then none of that would have happened. Right. I, mean, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Neither would I. Mm. Amen. <clears throat> well, and, you know, I think that's just a testimony of how important it is for men to have relationships with other mm-hmm. men, yeah. with older men mm-hmm. who can who can teach them, kind of like in the Timothy passage, mm-hmm. the older men teaching the younger men. Iron because, sharpens iron. Yeah, the, in, from Proverbs, yeah. And so even... Even the oldest and wisest of men still need men mm-hmm. to to edify, to encourage, to encourage, to pray for them, and to to walk with them through life. You know, yeah. And so yeah. important for uh, um, it's so important. I'm sorry, Hannah just texted me. Um, it's so important that we have meaningful relationships with people yeah. who are who are not our family mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. i mean you consider this you consider the lifestyle of a person who you know is a male but lives their whole life on a desert island mm-hmm. you know like you think about what kind of person do they end up being mm-hmm. if they survive yeah after 40 years you know, mm-hmm. with no men to influence, no men to ro- be role models for them. They just kind of go their own sinful ways. You know, yeah. I, really, I thought you were talking about like a metaphorical island, like a man trying to do the faith by himself. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so then when you talked about living there 40 years, then I, then I understood where you were going with that. Yeah. But living and, on a metaphorical island too. Yeah, it can apply to a meta- <laughs> yeah. metaphorical And And the, what the sad reality is though, is that many Christian men are living on a metaphorical island mm-hmm. right now. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, when you go back and you listen to, like, the Art of Manliness uh, podcast and you look at some of the articles, mm-hmm. many adult men do not have meaningful relationships with other adult men. Right. And we're not even talking about Christians. We're just mm-hmm. talking about men in general. Yeah. Right. Because they don't, we don't know how to build relationships anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like a lot of men are embarrassed, too, because I know that was this year's day now that we had the time where you went and prayed with yeah, the people. Yeah, yeah, and that was like, I'll be honest, I cried that night. Oh, yeah. I think everybody did. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it was just a time to pray with people and be open about where you were struggling and needed prayer. And we also mm-hmm. did that. Was that two Wednesday nights ago? Yeah. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah. And I feel like that a lot of men are afraid to show weakness mm. and where they where they do struggle. Right. Yeah. Have anything to add? One of the, one of the primary truths. I was struggling for a word there. Primary truths of Christianity is being able to admit that you're a sinner, mm-hmm. that you have a weakness that yeah. is going to send you to hell outside mm-hmm. of Christ. You yeah. know. And uh, that's just another one of those mm-hmm. things that. Get in the way of people coming to know the Lord. Right. I mean, they don't want to admit that they're they're at fault or they're mm-hmm. they're guilty of sin or they're sinful. And yeah. you know, I, I've heard more than one person say to me, "Well, I'm going to get my my life cleaned up and then I'm going to come to Jesus." Right. I'm like, that doesn't work. That good way. luck, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Anyway, that's what I know. I wanted to get off on this tangent, but that's what every other religion says. Mm-hmm. You get cleaned up and then come to whatever little g god that it is yeah. but ours is the exact opposite you right. get cleaned up after you come ours is the only relationship yeah. i mean not relationship religion yeah <laughs> religion relationship i mean that's uh real like a solid relationship yeah, that definitely. cleans you up right mm-hmm. you can't do it on your own mm, and it and definitely. it is and a big uh, well sorry a big thing about manliness is do it on my own, or especially mm. worldly manliness. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. do this on my own. I'm a man. Mm. A lot of with the art of manliness. <laughs> a lot of the guys that they haven't uh, come on there. They'll ask them three questions. I don't remember the first two, but I remember the last one. Mm-hmm. It's when did you feel like you became a man? Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I listen to these guys talking. Sometimes I just think, well, Dad Gum, if that's a man, then I've been a man for since I was a eight-year-old right? <laughs> because these guys are like realizing whenever they get in college that uh like life lessons that they should have learned in another like mm-hmm. an earlier stage in life but yeah at the end of the day that's not what makes you a man exactly yeah and then one of the strongest armies i'm a big history guy so was the greek army because they would lock arms and is that is that is the Greek army? Right? Yeah, the uh, Greeks and uh, Romans and, adopted a little bit later too. Yeah. that locking shields, locking arms. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that is a great metaphor for how men of God are supposed to. I know we talked about that a little <coughs> bit earlier, but that just, that just came to my mind, and that's why they were such successful yeah. nations. Hmm. What were you going to say? Yeah, what were you, when I cut you off. Oh, I was just going to compare, uh, you know, men trying to 
clean up their lives before coming to Jesus, like taking a spoon to try and cut grass with. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, it's just impossible. Yeah. You're not able to do it. Or trying to get healthy before you go to yeah. the doctor. And, you know, if, if I... If I if I took a spoon and tried to go cut grass and y'all saw me, y'all would think I was crazy. Yeah. What's this fool doing? Yep. <laughs> but, like, that's literally what's going on when someone is trying to work their way into a relationship with God. It is. They're trying to work their way into heaven. They're literally out there in the front yard with a spoon looking like a fool. Yep. Looking like a fool with their spoon in their hands. <laughs> y'all remember that song? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just uh, make sure my age doesn't show up. <laughs> But let's let's talk about. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I was just um, gonna ask if I had anything else. Yeah, I got I got one other thing. All right. Um, so, hopefully, you as a listener have have garnered some useful information from this. Um, we've talked. To, I'm sorry, that was not what you thought it was. It sound. Um, that was my elbow scraping on the table. I can't do it again. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, you've garnered information about what biblical manliness looks like mm-hmm. or manlyhood looks like. Um, but let's let's just spend a few minutes looking at the, the end goal for mm-hmm. biblical manliness. Where's the direction you're headed in being a biblical man? What's the mm-hmm. purpose in that? Because uh, you don't want to be like a ship leaving port without a without a you know, a destination in mind. You yeah. don't want to aimlessly wander through manhood. You want to know where you're going with this. And, um, you know, I, I could think of a few uh, end goals or purposes to why mm-hmm. biblical manhood. Well, number one, God uses it to build his church. Mm-hmm. You know, when, like the Ephesians 5 passage is talking about, basically how we relate to others around us especially our wives and the relationship that we have to them is a representation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's a representation of how Jesus sacrificially loves his church. So husbands sacrificially love their wives. And mm-hmm. it's a representation for the world to look at and see a real life living picture of mm-hmm. the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you got something else you want to, I felt like you were about to say something. Oh, well, I was just thinking it would be cool if we all, like the three of us, sought out our main destination. Like, how you were talking about our main end goal in our manliness. Mm. So, who would like to start? I mean, yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Um, so, so why, the why behind why I pursue being a biblical man um, well, number one, you know, Jesus saved me. He bought my life. I belong to him. Mm-hmm. Why would I not pursue him? Why would I not serve him? You know, being a Christian is not just a weekend gig. It's mm-hmm. a 24-7 uh, commitment. You know, yeah. it, it's not just a chapter in your book. It's the whole book, you know. And so we pursue Christ because he pursues us. Mm-hmm. You know, we love Jesus because he loves us. But there's also, you know, some things that he calls us to do. You know, it's it's good for our families for us to be biblical men, biblical men, mm. even when it's hard. Yeah. It's still good for them to be mm-hmm. for us to be biblical men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's good for my wife when I'm a biblical man because mm-hmm. that means I'm supporting her in prayer. That means I'm studying the word with her. That means I'm encouraging her in her faith. That means I'm making the decisions that she otherwise cannot make on her own or bear alone. Right. You know. And. 
I'm glad you said that about your wife. Do you care if I say your name or would yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, like go me? ahead. So when I asked Evan if he would do this, Hannah was there with him. And I don't, I don't think Evan even knows that I pay that much attention to this. But um, he said yes. And he turns to Hannah and says, I am a real man, right? She says, yes, you kill the bugs. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's what it takes to help your wife in some way, yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah, man. I killed a bug this morning, you know, just right. exercising yeah. my biblical manhood. Oh, <laughs> um, it's beneficial for our children. Mm-hmm. You know, the statistics prove over and over again that a family who are raised in Christ by their father mm-hmm. are more likely to become a Christian than families purely raised by their mothers. Right. And that's that's a crazy statistic to think about, mm-hmm. but that's the truth. You know, when yeah. daddy leads, families mm-hmm. follow. Right. You know, the children follow. Um, there's beneficials. There's benefits to society when biblical men are biblical mm-hmm. men. You know, because biblical men are going to be honest. They're going to be right. hard workers. Mm-hmm. They're going to, uh, you know, not accept bribes. They're not going to mm-hmm. steal tools from work. They're not going to cut their hours. They're not going to. They're not going to do things that otherwise worldly men would do. So society right. benefits. Mm-hmm. Y'all want me to keep going? If you want to, go ahead. <laughs> Our churches benefit as godly men step up to lead, to mm-hmm. pray, to teach, to, to evangelize, share the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, just all these things compound together to create a, a really what is a shadow or what mm-hmm. is a foreshadow of what the kingdom of heaven is going to look like one day. Right. You know, we're... Heaven is not going to be the place where you stop being a biblical man. Right. That's where you're going to realize the fullest sense mm-hmm. of what a biblical man is. And like yeah. the perfect biblical man because yeah. we will have a restored relationship with God. So Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not intense, like, you know, but in you know, yeah. it's gonna be intense. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but yeah. All right, that was my end goal for being okay. a biblical man. Jackson? Or do you want me to go ahead? Evan might be living in a tent in heaven, but I'm gonna be living in a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's that? Who's that theologian that said, "I don't care if I have a mansion in heaven, just as long as I have a tent near Jesus." <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I mean, something like that. You know, I think my end goal for being, or my main goal for being a biblical man, just like what Evan said, it, to be a biblical man, your goal has to be. I think it has to be to follow Jesus yeah, and to yeah. let Jesus lead your life. Yeah. Cause, I mean, if we turn our backs on Jesus a thousand times, he's going to call us back a thousand and one. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, there's, I mean, I, there's not much else I can say. Yeah. Know? Obviously, one day to lead a family in a biblical yeah. way in the future and yeah. stuff like that, you know? Well, I mean, like right now, being a biblical man might mean leading uh, my friends or people mm. in school that I can and I do have yeah. some kind of sway with mm-hmm. towards God right. as much as I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how are you done? Or, yeah, I'm pretty much done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're pretty much done. Go ahead and finish this. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> right, I'm 99% okay. done. Got one more percent left. <laughs> so, Yeah. Well, I have like one that's in the future and one that's right now. Right now, of course, just staying in the Word and being a, a servant. Because even Jesus was, a, that's one thing that's been hidden mm. 
me a lot. Like, even Jesus was a servant when he was here. He knelt down to wash the disciples' feet. Amen. So if Jesus did it, then I'm going to do it. And my so right now, just standing the word and learning as much as I can about being the biblical man that I can be today and in the future. But to wrap up my future, I'm actually going to quote a Toby Mac song. It's called Lose My Soul. And he says, I will be a daddy who's in the mix and I'll be a husband who stays legit. And I pray that I'm an artist who rises above the road that is wide and filled with self-love. So, mm. I mean, I'm not an artist, but that can work with whatever, like for Evan, be a minister who, I just forgot the words, who rises above the road that is wide and filled with self-love. That's right. You know, and that's my prayer that I could be a father who's, in the mix and a husband who loves his wife and in the words of Toby stays legit. Right. So mm. that's good. And then, well, if y'all don't have anything else to add, I have one verse to add that a listener sent me. And I feel like it's good because I don't have any more that I've praying through. I'm sure there'll be more down the road, but, um, so it's about the speaking with truth <clears throat> and, it comes out of Ephesians 4.15, and it says, Rather, speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is head into Christ. So, yeah, I mean, we love you guys. We're not trying to be hateful, judgmental, and intolerant. I said it two times in this episode, just to <laughs> drive it home. References. But, um, we, I mean, I speak personally for myself. I can't speak from Evan and Jackson, but I feel like I can. But we love each and every one of you listening here, whether or not I know your name or not. And you have anything I'd like to add in your closing? Yeah, I mean, it's like Ben said, we're not trying to be, you know, too harsh on anybody because um, we've all been there. Mm. And in many ways, we are still there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're imperfect people. We still do imperfect, stupid, sometimes silly things. And we're kind of all in this thing together. Yeah. But we just, we, you know, I know that Ben's heart with this podcast has been so that people would come to know Jesus and be drawn closer to him. And mm-hmm. that's that's the whole point of us meeting today to talk about these things. And, mm-hmm. and if you're sitting there, you know, listening to this podcast and, you know, you're, you're a male and you're thinking, man, there's some things that I really need to start shoring up on. Uh, you recognize that you're not a biblical man. Um feel that pressure and then respond to it. Yeah. Don't, don't shove it under, you know, don't shove it under the bed or, you know, Mm -hmm. ignore it by playing a bunch of video games or, you know, doing Mm -hmm. whatever else respond rightly to it. And that may mean repenting of your sin and trusting in Christ for the first time. And I mean, feel free to, I mean, I speak for myself and I feel like I can speak for you too as well. Feel free to reach out to us if you'd like somebody to talk to Mm. Were you about to say something? Oh, I thought I saw you. About to say something. <laughs> All right, well. Jackson, would you like to close yeah, us I out? I can close us out in a word of prayer. All right. All right. Hey, God, I pray that uh, as we go throughout the rest of this day and the rest of this uh, week and the rest of our lives, God, that you just allow us to keep you first in our walk with you, God, and uh, remember that we need to be men that represent what you are, God. And that's we need to be the man that leads, the man that uh, stays in his word, and the man that mm-hmm. the 
and above all else, the man that follows you. Um, and I just pray that through this podcast that just somebody, anybody, can just feel that tug on their heart and that they can realize that without you, then they're never going to be that man and they're never going to be able to uh, lead the life that you want them to without you, God. Mm-hmm. Just, just like we said earlier, we had the only relationship that uh, cleans us up mm-hmm. after we get the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just pray uh, that you just allow us and allow anybody listening to uh, just turn our lives around if so be it, God. And I just pray that mm-hmm. uh, you get us home safely and that you help mm-hmm. us persevere through the rest of this week. Jesus, now I pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So, Evan Jackson, thank you. Thank no you, listeners. And if I get good feedback, y'all might. <laughs> oh, if I don't get good feedback, y'all might. Man, way to put no, the pressure on I'm us. Just, just kidding. If I, By the way, you guys stink. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yes, thank you. And thank you to the listeners. And we love y'all. And again, if you need to reach out to us, just let us know. And I hope you have a good week after you listen to this podcast. Not because you listen to this podcast, but... No, it's okay if you have a good week because of the podcast, too. Yeah. (laughs) But thanks for tuning in for all of them, and thanks for all the prayers and the encouragement and love I've received. Mm. And that's all I got. So I love y'all, and goodbye. Bye.